Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Luke Weber. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I am Aaron Rooney. Once again, uh, this podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at Sideline Scout. We hosted a big meet this weekend here, and I had it out in our warm-ups, and I had all kinds of coaches come up to me like, hey, what is this? This is really cool. This is really nice. And I kind of explained all the processes of the poolside live package that we have here. And um, there was a whole bunch of interest from all the high school coaches. Everybody's kind of stuck using those um, video replay apps and they're just subpar. So get on over to sidelinescout.com, see what they have to offer for a package of poolside live or even bigger and better. If you so choose, I'll tell you what though, it is the best money you can ever spend. Um, You know, we get creative up here. I help with the, the, the booster club and, and say, Hey, you know what, this can be used for girls team, boys team. And they are very, very happy to hook us up uh, with costs and things like that. So just get creative. It's worth every penny. Awesome. So kind of jump right in here. Um, I'm excited to talk to you, Luke. I haven't got to see you and or talk to you in forever. I mean, it literally has been like eight years, which is kind of cool, but um, you know, I was fortunate. I got to see the tail end of your diving career. But why don't you let our listeners know about your diving career? And I'm excited to hear about how it started and where you went. Sure. So I started diving in seventh grade. Uh, I would say for a lot of people that go on to play a college sport, that seems like late to their sport. Um, but I grew up doing everything. So I, I played basketball, hockey, baseball, football, soccer, choir, musicals. Um, my, my parents were big on us just doing things, getting experiences. And I, uh, I ended up having one bad basketball season in sixth grade. And then I had like a little cold induced asthma attack at hockey tryouts that same year. And after that, I was like, I'm done with both of those sports. So like, what else can I do in the winter? And one of the baseball parents was like, Hey, I heard you jump around on the diving boards at the outdoor public pool in the summer which is where my mom would just like leave me for hours while she was at school. And so like, yeah, try out for the diving team. And like most people, like nobody even knew we had a diving team until you get there. So that's kind of how it started. And then I think one of the big things for me in my first year, there were two divers on the team, me as a seventh grader, first time, no clue what was going on and a senior captain that ended up like being all state. And it was very much a like, come along little buddy, I'll teach you all of the things. And I got a huge crash crash course and not just diving, but like life and high school and all those things. Um, And it kind of, it kind of went from there. So tell us a little bit more specifically about your high school career. I know because I know you really well. Uh, For those who don't, Luke and I both went to the same college and we're both from Minnesota originally. Um, So I I know a whole lot of Luke's background, but take us through the high school years um, and and everything that happened at state along the way and then at St. Cloud State eventually. Sure. So I think going back to the beginning of high school, like we got done with that first year. I competed at all of our meets. I went to conference as a seventh grader. I went to sections as a seventh grader. Um, I made it through finals at sections as a seventh grader, which was wild to like think back about. Um, And uh, after that year, like thinking about, all right, I'm going to be in eighth grade. Like, that's cool. 
I lettered as a seventh grader, which at the point that point you think you're like the coolest dude walking around middle school with the letterman's jacket. Um, <laughs> and I thought I was going to go into the next year. Like I'm going to be the man I'm in eighth grade. I've done this before. Like we had no other divers that were supposed to come in. And then we had two gymnasts that just decided like they were going to jump in and like join diving. And one Adam star, he was a year older than me. And then Kirby Maddox was two years older than me. And I remember like they showed up to the first practice and like, you guys know, I'm not the greatest twister of all time. Like not a huge strength of mine, especially backwards. And like those guys showed up day one. And I remember Kirby doing like back double pike on one meter just for fun. And Adam did like back some E two and a half twist, which like I probably hadn't even like seen at that point. And I remember thinking like, just kidding. I'm not that awesome, but like <laughs> he's at least going to be awesome. And um, I think one of the coolest things through like that process was at one point in time. Um, so like to be an all American in high school, like diving is kind of a weird sport, right? You have to send in like your score card or whatever. You have to send in all of your diving videos. And then if I remember right, like they pick 50 people in the country I think at least that's how I it's, remember it. It may have been back then at this point, they're up to a hundred now. Okay. But it's okay. the same, same thing essentially. Sure. Okay. Well, maybe it was a hundred. I don't know. But at one point in time, um, Kirby, Adam and I were all three all Americans in high wow. school on the same team. And like being in that environment where like everybody's good, everybody's going to push their limits and challenge each other. Like, it forces you to show up. Like you don't want to show up and be like, yeah, I'm a part of this team. And these two guys are really, really good. And like, I'm all right. Like you want to be a part of that standard. And, and I think that was one of the big things for me that transferred into St. Cloud. Cause again, Aaron knows, well, Keith also knows like the tradition of St. Cloud diving, yep. just like Clarion, yep. there are posters and boards <laughs> of people that have came before us that did some like really cool things like all Americans and conference champs and national champs. And so when Chris white and I showed up freshman year, which I'm sure Chris will be on here eventually um, there were no other men divers and the coaches basically said like, so here's our tradition. Um, This is what we kind of expect. So like, I hope you're ready for that. And because I, yeah, and because I came from a high school team that like, that was already our, our process, like Chris and I showed up day one of like, all right, let's do this. Like, let's grind. Let's, let's build this thing and, and hopefully like turn it into something that holds up to that same legacy. Cool. I love it. Well, the next thing on my list here was uh, just memorable moments. I hope to, I hope we can both go a little down memory lane. Uh, the first one I had here, this is a good, interesting story. I'm, I'm curious to hear it from your perspective because uh, I was a, for lack of a better word, cocky high school senior. <laughs> and, and I like to believe that I have since changed my ways. And you were a big part of that, Luke, as the uh, big brother type to me. But I recall setting a, a particular high school six dive record. And the first thing I did was call you on a college team 
to brag to you. So can you talk <laughs> me through that story and how that went in your brain? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great place for our friendship to really start from. Because um, if I remember right, you and I went to one of the camps together, I think, yeah. St. Olaf for the U of M or whatever. So like yep. we knew of each other then. And then when you started to get recruited to come to St. Cloud, like we kind of reconnected. And like, I remember sitting in my living room, I was probably playing Xbox or something, um, you know, thinking like, oh man, just got done with a long day of like college athletics, blah, blah, blah. And, and <laughs> high school Aaron Rooney shows up and <laughs> like, bro, guess what my score was tonight? <laughs> I lit it up and like, you're never going to guess, like <laughs> what was your best score in high school? And like, for, I think for people, like once they get to know me, like scores weren't that big of a deal. Like you yeah. somewhere along that process, you learn that, right. Of like yeah. scores are scores. We're here for something else. We're here for the experience and the moments and whatnot. Um, but there's a point in time, I think for everybody, where like scores are it. And like your score was way higher than my high school score was. And I remember thinking like, dang, like, like this kid, I'm thinking either made a really big jump since last time I saw him. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, <laughs> or a little like home pool advantage. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But, I think uh, that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I shamefully still have a few of those videos of that meet and it's like, Oh no, this is not it. This is not what it was. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. It was, it was one of those cool examples of like, yeah, scores are fun. Scores are exciting. They don't tell the whole story either. So take it, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> For sure. Well, and, and, a learning lesson for me too, at that point, you just mentioned it scores on everything. I learned real quick after that phone call about, honestly, I was a little embarrassed after I even called you, but it was like, all right, if you're good, you should probably let other people tell you you're good. Don't go, don't go showing ever. Don't go saying this. This is, that was dumb. That was a really, really immature high school thing to do. And that was, that's not it. <laughs> hey, we're, we're all learning in different places in this process. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it's fun to I, talk about when things are good <laughs> i just enjoy it because i can picture aaron being so pumped to see what your reaction is and then you're like oh yeah like that's so good congratulations and then aaron <laughs> gets gets to college and it's like oh i would have scored like 250 if i was lucky with that time <laughs> yep aaron i like it's funny because uh i think aaron is very competitive and like we do a lot of things to compete against each other but i would never say now that aaron is uh cocky or anything like he uh, he came and talked to uh to some of my lessons athletes at the time he came to watch the pittsburgh steelers new england patriots game one weekend mm. he got in and dove with the kids and he he said something to me i'll never forget he looked at me and goes i'm gonna show him what eighth place looks like and he was so <laughs> proud of eighth place and like that that like statement is like now like an ongoing like thing between aaron and i which <laughs> is he, I just can picture Aaron sending that text message to you and being so ready for your response. Oh no, it was a phone call. <laughs> That's more yeah. embarrassing, Aaron. It's, it makes it way worse. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Um, 
just other, other learning lessons from my perspective. Um, after the whole high school season was over, I had made my, you know, commitment to St. Cloud to walk on really. And then at that point, um, our coach at the time, Tracy Torgerson, she kind of hooked Luke and I up to just do some extra training after my high school season, but high school was still going on for me. So I actually went in, did a couple private lessons with him. Um, obviously he was going to be my future teammate and that was super cool. He prepared me for Nat or for freshman year, but the big thing, and, and I really want to pick your brain on this one, Luke, if you remember this conversation, cause this is, this is one that I've held with me for ever. And, um, it was, you know, division two has a Tuesday qualifying meet. We call it black Tuesday. Clarion just calls it another day in the office. Um, that's what you guys, that's what you guys should call it though, too. Yeah, like you knew you were all making it. Come on. But anyway, we were, Luke and I were in the locker room and he kind of just sat me down big brother style again. He's like, all right, Aaron, I gotta be straight up honest with you. Um, you're, you're a good diver, but, uh, today you're going to have to have your best six dives you've ever had in your entire life, or you're not going to make it. You're going to get cut. And I was like, sweet game on, let's go. Let's make it happen. Luke, take me back. Do you remember that? Um, um, I do a little bit. I, in my brain, I, I remember being a little softer with it, but. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were much softer. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would say to like our, I guess our like teammate relationship, that was something that I always admired about you is like someone could tell you straight up what it is. Um, and you'd be like, yep, got it. That makes sense. Like, let's go. It was never a like, you hurt my feelings. Like, why would you say that? Like, no way I'm better than that. Blah, blah, blah. Like you were so good at being real in that moment that I think that's kind of like what prompted that conversation. And I think that's what allowed our team to really like get close as we were able to do that with each other. And like, Hey, if you're having a bad day, like I might tell you, you're having a bad day. And like, you <laughs> friend to friend, I want you to turn it around. Cause when you have good days, I also have good days. And when you have bad days, sometimes that doesn't make my day as awesome. Yep. And you know, I, I remember us just like connecting right away because we had just a, a fun background. We enjoyed doing other things. Um, but you were a competitor and, um, I think it's funny. So I went back and listened to your guys's episodes before again, um, just to try and pick up on some other things. And Aaron, one of the things that like really hit for me was like, yeah, you're a very technical person. Like you're a golfer, you're a curler. Like all of these things are like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Like step-by-step, step, all that stuff. One of the things that you can't like perfectly lay out like that is just the energy that you bring to the place that you are. And, and I was surprised that you didn't necessarily touch on that. Cause I think that was probably one of the biggest things that you like gave our team that like made us special. Cause like, I'm not a big, yeah. Like, and not just our team, right. Heath. Like, yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like there was no team that probably didn't love competing against us. Yes. And agreed. because of that. And yes. I, I think it's an underappreciated thing um, because like, I'm not a big rah-rah guy. Like I'll yeah. get pumped up and I'll get in the moment, but I, I try and stay cool sometimes. Um, 
but we needed that. Like we needed everybody to be themselves, be their own strengths. And, and we knew that we we're all going to get better because of that. Um, and so like those conversations and interactions with us, like <laughs> those are the things that I remember, like, man, I freaking love that kid's energy. <laughs> I'm, I need to keep him around. I need him to like, we're going to do this. Cause like he, he makes everybody else here better because of that. Um, yeah. Man. Damn. Well that, Hey, that, wow. I didn't expect all that. That's that was, that was fun. And it, you know, it, it kind of leads a little bit into the next one here. Um, Luke senior year, Alabama. Uh, we got last dive. It's Heath and Luke essentially <laughs> contending for the title. And uh, Luke, uh, Luke changes his last dive from inward two and a half pike to inward three and a half on three meter. And um, just, I mean, I lost my mind, but I want to get in your mind, Luke, and what prompted that decision. And then, you know, I, I was on your team. I think I only saw you practice that dive like twice, which I'm sure he doesn't want to hear. Um, so go back to that. Can you, can you fill us in? Sure. Um, I think like for me to talk about nationals that year, like I have to talk about nationals the year before. Yes, yeah. please do. Yes. Right. Which I know is on our topic chart somewhere. Um, but like for people within the sport and I think within all sports, like everybody remembers who wins. Everybody remembers who breaks the record. They remember like all of the flashy things and and we tend to forget about like, what did it take to get there? Cause like those opportunities don't just happen. And so I guess for the listeners, I'll tell my own defeat story. Um, <laughs> junior year we're at nationals and um, going in that year, like I knew that I, I probably had a chance to win. Um, and so did my teammate, Chris White, who was another St. Cloud great. Um, and we end up getting to finals on one meter for the very first event at nationals. And I, Chris wasn't in first place or was he in first place going into finals? No, you were, you, you were, you dove last. Mm, no. Cause he did his back twister last. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. You're pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Pretty sure you're right. Yeah. But I, I want to say like, neither of us were winning going in. Okay. Anyways, Chris was afterwards. Um, but like that one meter finals was like being a part of a fireworks show, but like trying to control it from the inside. Yes. Yeah. And uh like I I probably threw down four or five of my best dives ever, and Chris was right there. And like as our scores kept climbing and the the leaderboard kind of reorganized, all of a sudden it was like oh, St. Cloud and St. Cloud. And like, it's close. And oh, wow. Like it's going to be really close. And I got to my last dive and I I think Chris and I were like within five points of each other going into the last round probably. And I had inward two and a half tuck on one meter, which has been one of my best dives for a long time you know, going back to Aaron talking about how to stack lists and whatnot. Like for me, that was my, my one to finish on. And I remember going up there thinking like, all I have to do is just do this dive. I know what Chris's last dive is. Like he doesn't have the same DD. I should be able to cover the points. Like I just need to show up and do my thing. And I just like, 
remember just thinking it through and thinking it through and thinking it through and almost getting ahead of myself and end up kicking out short on the dive, which I didn't do very often. And I remember going in the water thinking like, I I just left the door wide open and all he's got to do is do his thing. And like, I'm probably not going to win this. And Chris gets up and does just this beautiful back one and a half, one and a half, which we now call the dagger dive because <laughs> it killed me. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and Chris ends up beating me by 0.3, if I remember the scores right. Yeah. Um, and I don't, again, I don't remember hardly any scores of my career at all, but you remember like when you lose. Yeah. And so I ended up getting second place at nationals my junior year by 0.3. And, and for other reference points, like I think our, our total score was in like the five fifties. Yep. Something yeah. like that. Right. It's so like 0.3 is small. And, and it really forced me to like step back and be like, okay, 0.3 is so small. You can get that point from anywhere. Like what, what did I leave on the table? Like, what can I do better? Like and being real honest with yourself. And I remember taking that lesson and like Chris went on to win three meter. So like the whole week was just the Chris White show. And it was amazing to be a part of it. And like for me, three meter was my better board. And I almost didn't make it into finals. Thanks, was, Dwight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight Baker. Uh, man, like shouldn't have made it in. And he just missed a dive that he normally doesn't. And I remember Tracy coming up to me after our optionals going into, so like for division two, I don't know if we've described the whole format for people, but like we do our six ops and then we do our five walls and then you decide who makes finals. And then when you get to finals, those people only redo their ops. And I remember getting to that midpoint of prelims where we're doing vols and Tracy was like, you got to, get your head together because you have a chance to maybe make it to finals after that very subpar optional performance. And like when you have a coach that like you trust and you know, wants what's best for you, like you lock it in. And I put together a decent vol list and made it to finals. I don't remember diving in finals at all. Like, I don't remember what place I got that year. Like, I don't remember anything. I was like, my gosh, I made it to finals cool but like I was still stuck on like how did I lose one meter and the season wraps up and then it just totally helped me double down and refocus for next year like I committed in a different way like I took better care of myself I practiced a little different like I I was open to more criticism like less excuses all those things and like when you're in that process like the like the 407c right like the next year that is literally like the end product opportunity of everything that happened before it and it kind of (laughs) what Aaron said what I wrote in my notes was like I practiced 407c most of the year but I'm pretty sure I failed a way higher percentage of them (laughs) than I like completed successfully in that that's one, awesome like, I went and that means like practice like I, I remember doing it at a couple meets and talking to Tracy about it and she was like 
you know, you can do this dive. Like this can be a big thing for you. If like, if we just believe that we can, and we just like stick with it and, you know, double out was another one of those things. I'm pretty sure I failed double out way more than I successfully did it. And I can tell you hands down the one I did in that finals was way better than any other one that I did. And not that that makes anybody feel better about it. right? (laughs) I just, I view it like everybody has their own story. And unfortunately, like in order for someone to have a good story, someone else has to be on the opposite. Like the year before you won, you were on the opposite end. Like we just, it's very relative. And so it's, it's neat to hear your perspective because I can relate to it. Right. And so I like, I remember getting to the end of that meet and it was Heath and I basically doing exactly what Chris and I did the year before. And I just remember like getting to that round and, and thinking like, I'm not leaving anything on the table. Like this is literally 10 years of training in my life. This is what I believe I'm capable of and what I can do. This is what my coach and my teammates like have been supporting me. Like I just need, like, I need to do it. And I remember walking, like I texted Tracy earlier today telling her that we were doing this. I was like, Hey, what should we talk about on the podcast? And she literally just texts 407. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I already made up the decision in my head, but like, I wanted to go talk to her about it. And I like walked over and I was like, Hey, like, it's going to be close. Like we're in a big spot, but like, what do you think? And like, (laughs) I remember her response being like, I don't know. Like, what do you think? Cause like she she did not want (laughs) to be a part of that decision. Like, (laughs) so I'm excited to hear her side of it. Um, But like, she was just that awesome coach that just laid it all out there and said like, here's your chance like go for it why not and we went up we changed the dive it was like looking back at it it was good it wasn't like great it wasn't anything like crazy special but it was by far the best one that I ever did and and it was exactly what I needed in in that moment it it made things happen and like game changer yeah, so that's how I feel about it. <laughs> I, awesome. I just remember when you when I heard the announcer change it, I kind of like did a little double take like, wait, did I just hear that right? And I look at all of our teammates, you know, and everybody was gathered on that side of the pool at that time because I mean, you guys were dueling it out and it was intense and it was like you could hear a pin drop all of a sudden 407. You're like, oh, my gosh, this this is I, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know where how to behave. I don't know what to do with my hands like this is crazy. Just this is crazy. So that was one of the most memorable moments in my life for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was saying one of the notes that I wrote on for that stuff, too, like Heath, I because I was in like those shoes before, like what what was that meat to you? Because I know my meat changed my life like being a, in that in those shoes but like because I remember you and I talked I think one time after that meet. yeah so um what I like when I sit back and look at that like my junior year is like really when I can kind of like look and say I started taking diving serious like where I'm like okay like you can't just show up and screw around like you can be okay with that but so I think like I had a good year leading in and I'm like okay like I've always just been I mean from what you remember, Luke, I've always just been go with the flow. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to figure it out. It'll be fun. I'm going to have a good time regardless. And so I've never been like 
I don't know. Like I'm not the type of person to sit there and it's like me versus Luke. Like to me, it was always me versus me. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it never was, it never crossed my mind. Like what you did affects me. And so whenever, you know, we're sitting there diving and it's close and I'm like, Hey, this is fun. Like I genuinely could think I remember looking at Rovat being like, this is a fun meet. And he goes, yeah, he's like, stay focused. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. And, and I remember <laughs> you changed your dive. And I, I like, from what I remember, like I just, in my head, I can remember being like, all right, that's good. Like I have to hit this. Like you can't, you know, like I, I can distinctly remember you doing the dive. I went, I did double out as my last dive. And I remember hitting the water going underwater. And I, I almost vividly remember saying like, that wasn't good enough. And so I came up, you know, congratulated you. And I remember you had to get drug tested cause you won. And I randomly got picked and I can like, I, I don't know why. Maybe I just like made this up in my mind. I remember two things that we talked about when we were sitting there wait, waiting to take a drug test. One was I looked at you and said, man, I really hope you fail your drug test. Cause then I win. And you said, <laughs> and, and you said, and I quote, you can't test positive for Chick-fil-A. So I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and then, and then I remember you saying to me, you're like, Hey, like next year, just train. So that way you beat everybody by 50 points, like something along those lines. And like, that was like seared into my head. Like, like you said, you can remember, you don't remember what your score was, but you remember what you lost to Chris white by the year before. Like, I still remember I lost to you by 4.9 points. Like that is in my head. I'll probably never forget that. And so then, and so like that next year, like that was in my head the whole time. Like I followed that advice you gave me. And it really just allowed me to like, I went into nationals and I was like the following year and I was just like, all right, like all the hard work's done. And it's almost like you said, like I got to end my career with three meter and to win and like that be it. And so for you, for, for me, it was like three meter was that like culminating event. And for you, it was like that four Oh seven. It's like, Hey, don't make the same mistakes twice and just go do your thing. So I never got I never was like a bitter person in that regard. And honestly, it just made the St. Cloud Clarion relationship for me so much more fun. Like, I really mean that. Like I was talking to some of the kids at Clarion just the other day. And I was like, you know, there's just a special, there was just a really special relationship between our two teams. Like we knew when we got to nationals, St. Cloud was, we're going to have four guys all hovering around the top eight, if not in the top eight. And we knew we would have three in the same situation. And so but we were always excited to see you guys. There was never any, any animosity. Like I, we got excited to see you guys. And so for me, it just kind of like built that even closer. And I think after that year is when, like, I think I started talking to Aaron all the time, like, how's everything going? And so it was just, it was fun to get to be a part of that. It was fun to get to see you, you know, for our listeners that don't know, cause Luke won't say it like Luke was NCAA diver of the year that year in division two. Like he, you know, every honor you could imagine, like Luke got that. And I think, you deserved it. Like you busted your butt. I actually, sorry, Chris, I'm going to say this. I actually thought you won one meter the year before. I think I actually told you that right after the meet, I said, you won that meet, you got screwed. <laughs> sorry, Chris, that's just my opinion. It might be wrong, but um, you know, and I think that's just heartbreak is part of our sport at times. And unfortunately it, it's nice if you get to be on the opposite side of it once. So, yeah. um, you know, kind of backtracking a little bit to the early, you know, your early part of your career. At what point did you know diving was going to be a big part of your life? Um, I, it's probably like middle of high school, I guess, either probably sophomore year. So again, like my high school team, we just had a lot of talent and it, it opened, I think a lot of our eyes up to like what else is there. 
Cause like as, as a young kid, you're just like playing a sport to play a sport. And um, like Kirby graduated that next year and he went and joined Cirque du Soleil or like a branch of their thing. Yeah. And like traveled the world and Adam graduated and went to St. Olaf in Dove. And I remember it was like around those last couple of years that we were all together thinking like, Hey, if I really like diving, like I can kind of, I guess I can do more stuff with this besides just do it three months out of the year and like move on. And so it was probably around that time. And like, that's when I also started to go to camps and like, once you see camps at colleges, um, you know, like you guys have talked about when you run into divers and you're like, Oh, there's bigger things. Like there's a lot bigger fish out there. <laughs> like oh, I may yeah. be cool in my pool, but there's lots of other pools out there. Oh, yeah. And, and like, once I kind of piqued my interest, I think that's where it started. Um, but again, like diving is such a small sport and especially men's diving and men's diving in the Midwest. Like I remember getting recruited because of my ACT. Like, I don't remember getting phone calls from coaches. Like it wasn't that connected. And, um, but once those things kind of line up and you start going on some recruiting trips and whatnot, like, like that's when it's real, I guess, when people have started asking me, like, where are you going to dive in college? And I remember thinking like, I don't even know if I'm going to college yet. <laughs> For sure. So now a little more segue here. I know you coach a high school team down in near the twin cities. And I also obviously coach a high school team. How's that going? And then, you know, how would you assess yourself with, uh, with some of your strengths and some of the things you struggle with? Sure. So once I was done at St. Cloud, I went to grad school for four years. Um, and I didn't do like any diving. Like it was actually kind of nice for me to like, let it be done for a while, step back. And once I finished that and I got back to like my first big kid job, I just reached out to the high school, which was in Northern Minnesota and, and they were just awesome enough to let me volunteer and help out at practice when I could. And so I kind of did, I've basically been volunteering at different pools and teams for the last five years. Um, and now I'm back in Mankato in my hometown. I'm, this is my first year as the official boys diving coach at Mankato West, which is where I dove. Um, yeah. And then I'm also volunteering up at uh, Minnesota state Mankato with the women's division two team with another St. Cloud alum Panos. And it's awesome. I mean, the thing that like keeps going through my brain is like when you're an athlete, I think the biggest thing that you can do is just realize like, this is a really just a big opportunity. And this journey is a part of a whole bunch of opportunities. And if I can like make the most of those, it'll add up to something that like, I can't even comprehend right now. And, and now as a coach, I like, I think of it on the other end, like it's, it's still an opportunity, like big time learning opportunity for me to work with all different types of people. But it's also about how can I create opportunities? How can I create a space and an experience for whether they're a high school athlete or a college athlete, like to put them in a position to be challenged, to grow, to succeed um, and, and let them kind of run with it. So it's, I, I would say one of the hardest things for us as coaches is like doing that and, and remembering like, 
<laughs> I can walk on a pool deck and I can think, hey, I have all these awards and all this fun stuff. That doesn't matter anymore. Like once you're coaching, it's about what, what experience can I create here? So like, I think my strengths, like I love connecting with people that like, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you came from. Like everybody can teach us something. And that's something that I try really, really hard to do when I'm there. Like, yeah, we're all here because we love the same sport. Like it gives us a, a place to do that. But like, we're all people we're all our own individuals and when you can really like dig into that and and find out like the uniqueness of people like in my mind like that's when they can really shine like that's when they can be confident in themselves and and like buy in knowing that like you just want what's good for them so I think a strength is connecting um I asked Hanos like hey like you coach with me sometimes what do you think my strengths are because self-evaluating is not always the most fun um but I think my work background is helpful too so like my big kid job now is a chiropractor and so we're big on movement and health and like athletic performance and whatnot so I think I can see things because of that background that that I think transitions into how I can coach people a little bit which I, I hope is helpful um but yeah, like I think that's that's my strengths. <laughs> cool. Yeah, good deal. And what about struggles? Anything you're struggling with currently? Um, I was thinking about that. Where, so so this last week I, I think is a great example. Like when you're in a sport and you're in it at a certain level, that all of a sudden becomes like your comfort zone and like what what you want to do or where you want to be. And I remember graduating from St. Cloud thinking like hey, if I ever got the chance to like go back and coach, like I want to coach a division two men's program because <laughs> yep. I loved it. And like, that's what I knew. That's what I think I was successful in. And like, I want to do that again. <laughs> well, there's not a whole lot of places that just like run a division two <laughs> men's program that'll let someone walk in and like go part-time. So <laughs> So now I'm in this really fun world where I have five high school boys that accumulated, I think has one summer of like a month of diving experience. <laughs> nice. Ever. And that's like just one of them. Other than that, four people, no experience at all. And, you know, my brain, I get to practice and I'm thinking like, all right, what did we do at St. Cloud? Like, how is our practice structured? And I have to take this huge step back of like, these kids don't even have chamois and <laughs> like some of them are wearing swim trunks and yep. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so it, it's really like challenged me to like remember like it's my job as a coach to meet them where they are be where they are and and create things in that space to help them out so like a lot of our practices as much as I want to be like super structured we get to times where it's like all right like 10 minutes let's just have fun yeah. jump and do what you want like you know try things do whatever and there are days where they make way more gains in that moment of time than like the other hour and a half that I just tried like hard coaching um and and it's the same thing where like now I have to do that with a women's college program like I don't know what women 
student athlete experience is like through my own life, right? Like it's different. And so I have to, again, mold and connect and like learn from them to be able to figure out like, how do you effectively coach females? Cause it's different. Oh yeah. Um, so that like, that's a constant struggle but like it's a welcome struggle like that's what makes it so fun like i have learned an outrageous amount from the two years i've worked with the msu women like i I couldn't couldn't imagine not having that experience with them cool love that That, that's awesome so you kind of segued for us nicely so talk to us about your real job as a chiropractor what got you interested in that um what drew you to that profession yeah, uh, for me, I like looking back at it, uh, it just ended up being a really good fit for like me as an individual. And like what I mean by that is it's a combination of things that I love to do. It's a combination of things that I'm passionate about. It's a combination of things that I think I'm pretty good at that, you know, would be my strengths. And it just kind of all molded into one. Like I love working with people. I love helping people. So that's really at the end of the day, like our big number one here. Um, The human body and like health is super fascinating to me. So that's another obviously big part of what we do here. And number three, like I'm an active hands-on like energy person. Like if I had to sit behind a desk for eight hours a day, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I literally could not imagine what that's like. <laughs> yeah. Like it makes like, makes my like chest hurt thinking about what that would be like. Um, and so like giving my parents like huge credit, they were always about, Hey, go find something that you enjoy. Go find something that you like, will support you. Like, as long as it's a, like a true conscious effort and um, that's just had a huge impact to where like now I get, I get to wake up every day, like are all days perfect and good? No, but like the overall umbrella, like I love my job. I love what I get to do here. I love that I get to come to this clinic. That's been another like long process work, work in process type of thing. And and to do all that back in my hometown and like give, give whatever we can here back to the community that gave me just a, an incredible upbringing. Like it just, it's just a fit. And I think yeah. throughout life, like you can tell when someone is in the right place from, from a career standpoint. And I don't know if everybody's there. I feel like I hear a lot about people that don't necessarily love their job or like they're there because of circumstantial stuff, but for the people that can find a journey to the place that just truly fits them. Like that's something that I wish everybody could have. Yeah. I think that that's like great advice. You know, I talked to, um, it happened a lot more whenever I was in my previous college and a lot of the kids would pick career fields based on income that they thought they could make in the future. And I was like, stop doing that. I was like, pick something you're passionate about. I was like, if you're good at it, you will make money. I was like, I really believe that. Like if you're good at whatever it is, whether it's printing shirts, chiropractic medicine, diving coach, act like it doesn't matter if you're good at it, you'll be successful and you'll make money. It's like, but when you pick that career field, it just makes you miserable. Like it's really hard to stay motivated. So I think that's, that's like great, great takeaway from that. 
Um, how do your, how do those two worlds mix chiropractic and, um, diving for you and helping coach and everything? Sure. Um, I think one of the coolest things like the diving taught me is in like diving, no one else gets to do the dive for you except you. And so there's this level of accountability that like, you have to be able to show up, you have to be able to be focused and you have to be able to put in the effort. And when you can do those things, like good stuff happens. And I think it's the same thing for me when I get to work, like I'm, I'm working with people that are sometimes in a pretty dire situation and they need help and they need, you know, they're looking for something to just improve their quality of life at that time. Like I got to show up and, and it's really taught me to just approach life that same way where like you, you got to be able to be there. You got to be able to push it and be challenged. Um, and like another fun thing, and I always try and link diving back to like how I got here, because I think those lessons, like we all do sports because they're fun, but we end up getting huge lessons from them. And we don't always know what those lessons are until like 10 years later. But, but our coaches, you know, for the most part are always like, well, this is going to make you a better person. And maybe in that moment, you're like, why do I need to be a better person? Like, how do you know that? But then you look back and like, you know, that it's totally true. Like for me, I had an interview for an internship one time and the guy was asking me like, so when we're in a clinical setting, like we have our superior clinicians, like oversee our interns or oversee like the new people, like, how do you do with like criticism? Like, how do you do when someone is observing you telling you like how you're doing things? Like, can you, do you take that in a positive way or not? And like my impulsive answer, which I probably should have said it a different way was basically like, so I spent the last 10 years of my life wearing a Speedo, standing on the end of a diving board with a panel of people literally judging me on how I'm doing things. <laughs> and like, that's, that's and really true. Okay. Yeah. Nope. And like, and it ended up going okay. So like, if you want to bring five clinicians into the room and give them a scorecard out of 10 to tell me how good of a job I'm doing today, like that'd probably make me feel better. Yeah. I'd probably, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably learn really well, to be honest. <laughs> and he was like, cool. Like, that's a good answer. I was like, oh, all right, sure. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and then um, kind of just for the athletes that maybe are listening and the coaches that are listening, what preventative things can a coach do and athletes do to try to avoid some back injuries? You know, we see that a lot in low backs, things like that. Like what things can we do as coaches and athletes do? Yeah. I, I think from a coaching standpoint, it it's unfortunate that so many people get very like performance driven and performance mindset that overall health somewhat takes a backseat. And, and I think as a coach, one of the big, biggest things, advice that I can give people is like, be conscious of that. Like be conscious if you're all of a sudden thinking more about what this kid should be doing performance wise and less about like, what impact does that have on them? Whether it's physical, mental, emotional health. So really just, I guess, be conscious of that as one, but then also like learn about like what injuries are common in our sports. Like, and, and where does that come from? Like low back injuries are super common in diving. Like it's mainly because just the mechanics of us 
jumping, bending, flipping, and then hitting water going at whatever speed, like that's a lot of forces that go through the low back. And in order to handle those without getting hurt, like you have to gradually build that. You can't just throw some scrawny seventh grade kid off of three meter and tell them to do something. And like they hit the water and expect that like their body's going to hold up if they haven't trained for it. So like we have to be conscious of just where our athletes are individually. And, and I think the other big thing to look at too, is there's a difference between like a sports injury from an event, like say you do a, a dive and you hit the water weird or whatever, like that's an event that causes an injury and comparing that to like training injuries where it's just like a progression of things. And it's no longer like my back hurts because I flopped on my reverse two and a half. It's my back hurts because I've been training this certain way and my body can't handle it. So really do a kind of a deep dive into figuring out like, where is this coming from? Because unfortunately like injuries and training injuries play a big part of like people's athletic experience. And that's something like I really enjoy being a part of our women's team at the college because they've at least like listened to me and we've been able to bounce training ideas off of things. Cause at the end of the day, like we all want our athletes to be healthy. Um, but it takes effort to do that. We can't just say, here's our structured thing of what we're going to do. And we're going to fit everybody into that box. It's not how it works. So I would just encourage coaches, like whatever resources you have, whether it's the strength and conditioning coaches at your school or the athletic trainers or PTs that are involved or chiropractors that are involved, like utilize all of them because like the better big picture we can paint like the better it is going to be for everybody. Cause I think if everybody could show up and practice every day, they, they'd probably get pretty far, but unfortunately there's too many athletes that because of certain injuries don't get that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. That, <clears throat> that kind of rang home for me. I, I restructured a lot of our uh, weight room stuff this year. I got a hold of a physical therapist and who duels also as a physical trainer. I just said, here's our diving movements. She was a gymnast. So that was a pretty natural um, thing for her to wrap her head around. And, and I said, you know, back injuries, but also flexibility in these certain areas, you, you do your thing. I don't know how to make workouts. I don't know how to tell these kids to target this muscle zone. I'm going to tell you what we need and why it's helpful. And then I want you to do it. And that's been awesome. I mean, my, my athletes have been, you know, as, as good as I've ever seen this year. And I think it's due to the, the flexibility, the strength and just the things that we've worked on outside of the pool. So that's, that's huge. I'm glad you said something like that. Um, uh, let's, I'm going to segue back to diving for a little bit here. Um, I, I really don't mean to twist the dagger anymore <laughs> than, uh, than I should, but Back in high school, there was a, a wonderful diver named Turner Ekstrom. He was a state champion um, who ended up ahead of Luke one or two times. I'm not really sure how many Turner won, but he also had the state all-time record. So it's, it was just kind of unfortunate timing for when Luke went through high school because I'm sure there would have been many, many times he would have been a state champion. Then you fast forward to junior year and Chris White catching him and beating him on, uh, on one meter. So my question to Luke is, after 10 years of diving, after being in this sport for so long and, you know, for, for no other reason than 
sometimes dumb luck. What was it like to finally win and win the national title when so many times it was just a second place? What was that feeling like for you? Um, <laughs> great question. Uh, <laughs> and talk about a nice track record up to that, right? Like, <laughs> there's lots of twos in that story and not as many ones. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it was really fulfilling and it, it put a lot of perspective on things and, you know, I, it, it really like validated, like I made the right decision when I decided to be a division two athlete and go to St. Cloud. Not that I needed to win for that because like looking back, like winning that was yeah, a huge experience and had a really cool impact on things, but doesn't hold weight to a lot of the other things that I got from that experience, but like winning and then being able to celebrate with my teammates and celebrate with my coaches and my whole family flew down to uh, Alabama for that. So they're up in the stands, which was super cool. You know, I had, I had family, like those were the years that they just started broadcasting things. So like <laughs> people could actually watch from home, probably not in the greatest of quality. Um, but it was cool. It, uh, like I try and think about like, what does that mean now? Right. Like in that moment, like, cool. I won a diving meet. Like that was a big deal. But like now what it means to me is it's, it's just like a product or evidence of what happens when we're able to commit to a process that we love and enjoy and we're passionate about and like what we're capable of. Like, I, I think about it all the time when I coach, like, <laughs> Like he said, I don't talk about my own accomplishments very often. I could probably get better at it and it, it would probably be a good thing, but that's just not who I am. Um, but I always think like, I can't walk into MSU pool with a record on the pool and then show up and be a crappy coach. That just doesn't check out. And so for me, it's very much like an accountability thing and like, a standard for what I want to do in my life. And like, I went to grad school and I went to chiropractic school. And I remember thinking like, okay, if I can like win this championship thing against pretty everybody in the country at my level, like I should be able to keep doing that in other places of my life. Like, I'm not just going to be a, a, a one trick pony and just like lean on, Hey, remember that one time I won. <laughs> um, and so I like, it made me a better student and I was able to do some cool things at chiropractic school. And I remember after graduating there, it's like, okay, cool. That was fun and successful, but now I have to do this in real life with a job and a career. So like, I can't show up and just be a bum of a chiropractor because of all these other things. Like there's an expectation, there's a, a quality or a standard that I should uphold for myself. And and I think that's why I've had the, some of the successes that I've had is because like, it has been a nice reminder of like what, at least for me, like what I'm capable of um, and, and what it takes to get there. Yeah. I, I like the fact that we, whenever I got hired here at Clary and I started, we, we put this thing together. And one of the quotes that I like kind of consistently remind the kids, I'm like, how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's kind of what you keep saying in my mind. Like I keep hearing you say like, Hey, if I can achieve greatness in one area, why can't I in everything else? 
And so I yeah. think it's really nice to hear that because it's like, I mean, you mentioned it multiple times. Like we are learning skills that are supposed to help us after athletics. Like yeah. you spent 10 years of your life, which at that point is, I mean, what, almost 50% of your life diving. And it's like, gosh, I hope you got something more than how to jump up and down and do flips in a speedo. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's, I, yeah, just, you hit the nail on the head. I think, um, going forward. So when you look back, what is the funniest or your favorite diving memory from your diving career? And I know that's, we're asking you to pinpoint one or two things and like, what do you take away the most from it? Um, Oh man, like our team was just hilarious. So <laughs> yes. like, it's hard to like break it down. Um, I think some of my best memories though, like from within that diving career was, um, like in the Midwest, like we're the only division two men's team, right. From what I remember yep. like in all of the surrounding States. So like neither North or South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska didn't have a men's program. I think no one in Iowa, no one in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Yep. Tried to forget that state. Um, <laughs> but uh, so like we had to learn how to just compete with ourselves and so what we would do at dual meets was like partner up. And so like one meet, it would be like Aaron and I against Chris and Tyler. And then we jumble it up and like, we would trash talk and go <laughs> back and forth. And like, I've probably said some of the meanest things in my entire <laughs> life during those meets. Um, but it just like kept that fire going. And I, yeah, it, it just made it super fun. So like, that was probably the overall funny thing. Um, I guess I could throw my alumni dive on there as one of my greatest oh. failures. Um, cause I don't remember if that's anywhere else on the outline, but yeah, we're going to go favorite failure real soon. Should we, <laughs> should we just go there now? We'll, we'll hop into the signature questions. That's always my, my, my signature yeah. question. What's your, <laughs> what's your favorite failure, you know, best learning experience. However you want to take that question. I'm pretty sure I've seen a video of this dive actually. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I have two. So if we're going like the funny route of things, um, I showed up to, I think it would have been my first alumni meet right mm -hmm. after graduating. So graduate in May, go to chiropractic school. And I'm there for like six months with zero board time, <laughs> did not jump on a board once. And then we get to the alumni meet and like all the guys are there and Tracy, my coach decides to show up and like we're jumping around having fun and like Tracy comes over and she's like, you're going to do double out today. Right. And I was like, nah, nothing. <laughs> like if, if we all look back, I did double out good one time and it really <laughs> mattered. And I really do not need to go. Like, I don't need to open up my door again, but like when your coach, like when your person is like, Hey, like you're going to do it, man. Like I know you can do it. So of course I start doing like double out leads on one and I'm thinking like, Hey, like this feels way better than I ever thought it would. Like, yeah. Till the end. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's, let's do it. and I get up there and chuck <laughs> a full out on three where like you you're supposed to pike and do part of a flip before you start twisting. And like, I just left that part out. So 
I like immediately started twisting. I don't know how I got two twists in. Like that was my biggest accomplishment. But then I basically like cartwheel, land face first in the water, give myself two black eyes and like get to walk around looking like I got punched at our alumni meet. All because those stinkers convinced me that I could still do it. <laughs> That's like, that was, that, was one of my, that was one of my favorite favorite alumni meets because all of us just ganged up on him and we were all like dude you can do it the leads are good like we were in we were everybody was supportive and we all were like oh man this may be not the best idea yeah and like kind of like on your when you talked on your experience Heath like I didn't smack a whole lot and <laughs> you so, did that, uh, but... I hit the water and I get out and like the place is nuts like I don't know <laughs> The only time I've ever seen my teammates that happy and excited is like when I won. Other than that, like <laughs> that's probably the happiest that they've ever been for. You're, dude, Luke, you're not wrong. Like I still remember smacking at one meet and all my teammates were like, had this awkward silence, but weird smiles. I'm like, what the hell are you, what the hell are you guys smiling about? They're like, we never see you smack. This is great. And I'm like, <laughs> what the heck? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh man. I, that so, one, if if there's that video floating around, that might have to go on the Instagram tomorrow when we post this. That's fair. I know it's around. We we I might need we'll to find get it. A, a good video though too, so that way people are like, "Oh dang, Luke was real freaking good," <laughs> and then they can see the smack. Yeah, <laughs> those videos are even harder to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like isn't that wild? That's like a wild thing to think about. Like we had cell phones, but you didn't take a ton of videos back when we were diving. No. Like now, it's like every one kid hits a dive and it's like, let me video it. And I'm like, Oh God. But right. Yeah. So that was, that was like my funny failure. And then I just remember like having the other one that's like more serious of my freshman year at nationals. Like we showed up, we're in Canton, Ohio of all places. <laughs> it's the worst. And, yeah. And like our whole team, like the men are just freshmen. So like we have no, standard of like what we're walking into we're just happy to be there and we're just going to try and like show up and compete like no expectations like just keep competing and that was when logan was still diving at clarion and logan has a diving resume that's long enough to be a short story yeah yeah um because he won what three or four i think four four total i think yeah enough he won enough yeah exactly (laughs) And I remember getting there and like seeing him during warmups and people saying like, yeah, like that's Logan. He's the guy that won last year. Like he's super good, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was similar to you too, Heath, where like, I was there to like be me compete with myself and just push. Like I'm going to do my best to rise up to the competition, but at the end of the day, I just got to do my thing. Yep. Um, and so we get past black Tuesday, which I always thought was fun. Uh, <laughs> but we get into the meet and like we're just going one round at a time and nobody knows who I am because I'm just this new kid from Minnesota and we get through five rounds of prelims and I'm winning I'm not supposed to be winning like but I just I put some really good dives together and was just staying in my zone and like was basically like trying to dive dumb of just like keep it going and I get up there and my sixth op was my reverse two and a half pike, which um, my mom calls, a, it, she says a bad word when she describes that dive. 
because <laughs> I get I get up there for my reverse two and a half and I land with like no feet on the board and I just chuck it and I end up smacking on my back so hard that it started to bleed like I, I like open the skin a little bit and so sixth dive last op failed dive and I remember getting out of the water going to like the little hot tub that they had to just throw water on myself and just take a breather come back to earth and uh Brett Beecher walks over to me who was I, I think he was probably just refing or officiating or something like that like the meat keeps going like I get out fine they don't stop anything right um and he comes over and he just says like are you good and and I remember saying like yep like that hurt like a son of a gun but like <laughs> like we're good and and he goes okay good like you can still do this and and I remember thinking like yeah, I can still do this. And like buckled down and did five good enough vols to still make it into finals doing 10 dives. And that was a huge learning moment for me of like, all of us coaches talk about like, you got to do the next dive, have your moment, but go on and do the next dive. And like, I, I bought into that and, and it still allowed me to continue to be successful that day. And that was probably one of the biggest learning experiences that I ever had in diving was like, it's going to happen. Something like there is something that's just going to happen by chance. You got to figure out how you're going to respond to it and, and make something from it. And, and that was a huge confidence boost for me. I remember for like the next couple of years, like, all right, this is where I'm at. I need to be able to keep doing this and keep approaching it the same way. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't even yeah. know that. That was, that's cool. I didn't, I had no idea that story was uh, floating around there. It's probably I still in my own. I also have that video. So I'll, I'll send nice. you guys one somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that one. Yes. Okay. So the next one here, usually when, uh, when we have um, club coaches on, I'll ask, you know, what can USA diving do to, to just improve you being a high school coach, similar to myself, what can we do better as in high school? What can we do just as a, uh, as a three month per year coaching Avenue, what can we do to get better? What can high school scene do to just improve in the diving world? Sure. I, I think the biggest thing that I've realized since like being in that coaching space, um, and it, it, I saw this quote a couple of weeks ago or whatever that said like the success of a diving, not, not a diving coach. It just said coach, but the success of a coach isn't how many awards their athletes win. It's how many athletes can they have to have a good experience that want to sign up and do it again next year. And, and I think high school sports and kind of just like sports in general right now, are just in a weird place where it is so like performance results driven. And at such a young age, like 99% of these high school kids that are diving are never going to dive again after high school. And so don't double down on that. Like make it a great experience, make it a cool space for them to continue to learn like who the heck they are. Like, how can we get along with people? How can we take criticism? Like what's the bigger picture and, and make it just fun. So like, that's, I think if everybody did that, like you, you sports would be, different but like right now we're in a point in time where there are so many kids that are like by the time they're seven they're like i'm gonna play hockey forever you know that already 
are, are you serious? Or is yeah. that like a parent or a coach or some bigger person that's saying like, yep, you're a hockey player. It's like, no, let yeah. these kids be athletes. Let them have fun. Let them like yeah. love the same things that we did. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I totally agree. I, I actually got a, a little bit of criticism. Um, I have a young lady who made it to the state meet and she was in a hockey game uh, five days before we left for the state meet. And the hockey coach was like, Hey, are you really letting her play right now? Like she's going to state in five days. I said, I got, I, you need to let a kid be a kid. I'm, I'm not going to tell her that she's a diver. If she wants to play hockey, she's a great hockey player. I want her to enjoy herself and have fun. And if she ends up getting hurt, well, she, she kind of knows the decision that she made. I'm happy if she's happy. That's how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think a lot of that goes back to like celebrating not just like the wins and the scores, but also celebrating like the other wins within it. And like I texted Aaron earlier this week, because again, my boys team is very green to the sport where like in a diving meet for us, like if we complete or not fail over 50% of our dives as a collective team, like that's a big day for us. And I have to remember that just because that's not where I am. And we had a dual meet on Thursday and of my five boys, we did 24 dives total and we only failed one as a team. So like high shooting percentage, just in terms of complete. (laughs) And like, I don't remember what their scores were. Like some of them were very close to not being a real dive, but they were. And I had to like remind myself, like, that's huge just to do that. And in their world right now, that is a big deal. So I need to celebrate that, even though if I was in their shoes, it might not mean the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, So Luke, as a coach, what's your favorite drill to have your kids do? Yeah. So I'm going to piggyback. I can't remember what other coach was on here before, because you've had an awesome, just crazy (laughs) roster of people, by the way. Um, but I think they use the answer, like whatever one connects with them in that moment is a big one. So like, that's the standard answer to it. But for me, I guess what, what I really liked that helped me a lot was just doing a lot of standing stuff. Yeah. Um, I was always a pretty powerful diver for being a, a short little guy. Um, and so I, I think I leaned on that as a strength too much sometimes where I would lose control. And so slowing it down, like being able to make a drill where it's slow and you can focus on those details, I think was super helpful for me. Um, and had just had a huge impact. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think I've made a lot of my college kids do some standing stuff and it has been very helpful for a lot of those kids. Um, so what is the best advice you've either given and or received, whether it's as an athlete or just as a person, honestly? Um, boy I think with a lot of that stuff like you got to trust yourself like go go down those paths or those journeys that like you just feel a pull towards it because no one else is going to be able to tell you whether it's the right decision or not than you um and and just find people in life that are going to support you in doing so like there's I think from a coaching standpoint, and I, and I think you guys touched on it in your other episodes, like 
if it was about us, we would have all the best divers on our team, but it's not yeah. about us. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and I think for people to be able to have that perspective on things and still support and encourage someone is huge. And so like, look for people that'll do that. Look for people that like, yeah, they'll go to your diving meet and they'll cheer you on. They'll also go to your baseball meet or baseball game and they'll cheer you on or they'll do whatever. And like, that was my parents to me. Like that was hands down the biggest thing that was like awesome in this whole journey is they were just there and supportive. And, and I think like we should all try and be more in that supportive realm for everybody, like help people find themselves and then like really support them through that. Yeah. So, and then my last question is uh, who would you like to hear us interview next? Who would get you to tune in? Tracy Torgerson and she already told me she's coming on in February or something like that. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> yes. So, awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Woman. I, I hope Chris finds his way on here too. So yeah, we're, oh, yeah. we're going to keep working on Chris. I know he's a, he's a, he's a big fancy D one coach now. So we gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we might have to twist his arm a little bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll end up getting him on here too. I'm excited to have him on. Thank you so much for your time tonight, Luke. Hey, it was a blast. Super. And congrats to you guys. Like I was telling some other people about this podcast and whatnot and they're like, Oh, like, that's kind of cool. Like your friends just threw it together. I'm like, yeah, they threw it together. And then they like interviewed the Olympic coach at the Olympics and like interviewed all these other previous and current Olympians. So like, it's more than just cool. Like it's awesome. And that, that's how we well, feel too. That's how we feel. And, yeah, I, and that, yeah. I'm sure. That description is, is about perfect. Yes. I called Heath one night and was like, Hey, should we just like make a diving podcast? And then all of a sudden, it, you know, we had Drew Johansson on. It's like, whoa, where, where did that come from? That was kind of wild. <laughs> Let, yeah. Let's be clear. We say this to everybody. It's because Aaron's significant other was yelling at him for talking about diving too much. And my fiance <laughs> does the same thing. And I, we still get yelled at for that. Hey, Aaron, you just got to find your outlet. That's yep. Yep. That's, that is this. That is this for sure. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Well, anybody else out there listening, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod and our, our email account is the diving pod at gmail.com. We just set up a link tree in our bio. Yeah. It's awesome. It's got a link to Cowing Robards. That's where we're selling the t-shirts. Remember to enter the code dive pod at checkout. Uh, that gets your shipping covered by me. There's a couple other things on there too. Moss Farms. We're headed down there in March to go check out a clinic. We're going to be guest coaches with, uh, with John Fox down there in Moultrie, Georgia. Go check out those dates. Get yourself signed up. We'd love to have as many people down there as we can. Meet everybody and um, you know enjoy enjoy our fun sport together. There's other couple things. You know, sideline scouts on there. We got uh, Laura Wilkinson's store for some diving apparel as well. So please go check out that link tree again in our Instagram bio. Uh, one more thanks to, to Dr. Luke Weber here. This is always fun to, uh, <laughs> sit down and talk with a good friend and, um, just see where he's at in life and, and his diving journey. And I learned a couple of stories that I didn't know about. So that was appreciated and big thanks, man. Hey, super pumped to be here. Super fun. All right. Sounds good. But well, we'll see you next time.